up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the podcast, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com, and the link tree is in the podcast description. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow, and I'm really, really thankful and grateful that you guys are checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. In all seriousness, man, it is December 15th, 2021, as of recording the intro and close to this week's episode, which means that there's a couple of weeks left in the year. We're 10 days away from Christmas. Some of y'all might celebrate Christmas. Some of y'all might celebrate Hanukkah. Some of y'all might celebrate Kwanzaa. Whatever the case may be, just know that I am sending you love and positive vibes. And whether you're up, down, or indifferent, I just hope that you get to close out the year on a high note. Spend time with family and friends safely, whether that's virtually or hopefully in person. And uh, that you manifest the greatest year of your life in 2022. And I'm going to say it with you now, and we're going to do it together. 2022 will be the best year of our lives. I'm going to say it again for emphasis. 2022 will be the best year of my life, of your life. Believe it. Put your name on it. Stamp it. Write it down. 2022 is going to be the best year of your life. And uh, I, I, I just, again, man, I, I'm really, I'm really grateful for everybody that listens to this show. It's been a fun ride this year. I've got fun stuff coming up in 2022. So hopefully, you stay on this journey with me. You stay aboard that pirate ship because there's going to be more fun stuff coming in 2022. But uh, I hope that you get to close the year out on a high note. This is, you know, really my most favorite time of the year. I really do love it. Uh, it's the most wonderful. It really is for me, man. I, I, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, man. So, um, even though as an adult, I don't like driving in the snow and, and I live in the South and I have lived in the South now for six years. Um, uh, I, I, there's nothing quite like a Midwest winter. I used to get sad as a kid growing up if there wasn't snow on Christmas, man. And, um, you know, for me, it's not about the gifts and the presents and all that stuff. It's about spending time with family you know, and, and watching Christmas movies with the fam. And now I, you know, having, having a niece and a, and a nephew, getting a chance to see them, get a chance to see my siblings, my parents, my friends, like, it's just, uh, it's a reminder of how, how lucky and blessed I am every single year of just the, the amount of people that, that I get to count up in my life in terms of my Rolodex of loved ones, man. Like, I'm really grateful and I'm really thankful. So, uh, I'm sending love and well wishes to everybody who's listening to this that you get to close out the year on a high note. Whether it's been a good year for you, whether it's been a, a struggle for you, you know, whatever you've experienced this year, high, low, you know, good, bad, and different, man. I just, uh, you know, just know that uh, old Mikey is sending his well wishes to you and yours to close out the year on a high note. Um, 2021 has has definitely been a challenge for me. But uh, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about my relationship with grief, with the death and loss that I've experienced this year. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I'm also thankful for what it's teaching me about who I am. And I really believe it's going to help mold me into a stronger, 
uh, better human being. And that's really all I try to be every day is just better than I was yesterday. And, you know, how do you define better? I just define better as just a loving, capable human being, you know, uh, a compassionate man who cares about other people, who stands his ground when he needs to, who was polite, respectful, and hopefully leaves most of the people that he meets. Hopefully I leave everybody I meet with a smile and a laugh. Uh, and if not, I just, I just hope that, um, you know, the people who knew me well, I, I hope that when my time is up, when they think about me, uh, whether they're in my life anymore, whether they're not in my life anymore, I just hope that whenever I cross their mind, uh, that they smile or they laugh. That's really my only, my only, my only goal as far as my legacy and what I want to leave behind. And hopefully, uh, you know, it's not, it's not for a long time. Hopefully I'm here till I'm, I'm old and gray and I've got another 50 years and I make it to 83. But if my time's up tomorrow, I just hope that whether it's anybody who's listened to this show, whether it's any of my family, any of my friends, you know, people I worked with, I really hope that, that, you know, when I cross their mind, you know, whether they see something that reminds them of me or they smell something that reminds me of me or reminds them of me or a story comes up about me that uh, when they think back on me and their time that they had with me, that they laugh and they smile. I think that's a beautiful legacy to leave behind. And that's my goal as a man and as just a human being, you know, and, um, you know, while it's been a challenging year, uh, some of which I've shared on this show, you know, in terms of the, the death that's occurred in, 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 in my life and in my periphery, uh, you know, sadly and unfortunately, most recently, one of my best friends lost his father a week ago Monday. Uh, it's devastating. He's devastated. His family's devastated. It's, it's, it sucks. There's no other way to say it than that. It sucks. And unfortunately, in like the last six weeks, there's been, there's been four deaths uh, in my life uh, with my, my grandma Bauman passing away. Uh, I lost my coworker Greg to cancer. Um, Keith Wagen, the most recent episode that I that I did, he he passed away after after a long, hard fought battle with cancer. And unfortunately, my one of my best friends in the whole wide world, he's like a truly like a brother from another lover, man. My buddy Dave uh, lost his dad, as I just mentioned. It's it's been crazy, man. It's been crazy, but um, you know the most important thing is to be there for those people. And, uh, you know, to lend them an ear, uh, if you can lend a, a, you know, a shoulder for them to cry on, or if you can just, you know, send your well wishes and your, your condolences, you know, and that's, that's what I've tried to do is just be there for my family, you know, be there for my dad and my aunt, my uncle losing their mother, trying to be there for my, my coworkers, um, you know, for, for, for the loss on our team and, and, you know, try to, try to, you know, send well wishes and, and, and leave a tribute for Greg and his family. Um, you know, for Keith, I, I got some positive feedback from members of his family that they got a chance to, you know, hear his voice again and hear stories from his life with my podcast. I was really bummed out that he didn't get a chance to to hear it while he was still here, but I know he was there in spirit and heard it in spirit. And, um, you know, and and now I'm just trying to be there for my buddy Dave, man, in the difficult time that he's going through. And again, like I said, I'm not sharing this uh, to get sympathy from anybody, and I'm not trying to put a somber note on this show. But at the same time, I think the only way I know how to be is authentic, you guys. And um, truth be told, I've re-recorded this intro a lot because I didn't know how much of this I really wanted to share. Uh, I didn't really know how much of this I really should share. But um, I'm sharing it because I know there's people out there who are struggling too. Uh, I know there's people like me who have anxiety issues, who have OCD issues, um, who battle depression. 
Um, maybe you've experienced deaths, um, you know, whether it's in your family or people that you know, uh, you know, or people that you've communicated with recently, like I have. Maybe you've been through, you know, a difficult breakup and, and have been through just gut-wrenching heartbreak. Um, and that's why I'm sharing all this with you, um, because I just want you to know you're not alone, you know. At the core of it, that's that's why I'm, I'm you know, kind of pouring my heart out right now. I want you guys to know that you're not alone. Um, but I want to let you know that it, that it gets better too, you know. Um, all of us at some point in our lives got to walk through some darkness to get to light, man. And that might sound cheesy to some people, but it's true. And, um, you know, while there's been... A lot of darkness this year. There's been a lot of light for me too. Therapy's been a big help. My family, my friends have been a big help. Exercise, trying to get seven hours of sleep a night, listening to music that I love, headbanging a little bit, um, and and this podcast. They they've all been things that I can turn to that have really helped me get through what's been the most challenging year in my life. So. I say all that to say you are not alone if you're out there and you're struggling and you've and you've gone through difficult things, whatever they may be, on a personal level, on a professional level. Um, just know you're not alone. I'm here for you. And uh, don't be afraid to lean on your family and your loved ones to get help. I feel like we've all got that core group of people that we can count on, that we trust with our lives, that we can share these things with. Please don't shove them down and 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 try to bury them and and deal with them on your own. Don't do not be afraid to to seek help. I'm a huge advocate for therapy and getting help. And find those things that um, you know that uh, make you tick. Find those creative things. For me, it's podcasting and and connecting with people in a positive way with this show. Um, you know, for some of you, it might be drawing. It might be painting. You know, or, or it might just be going out in nature, you know, spending some time outside and just, you know, you know, getting away from social media and all that stuff. You know, whatever the case may be, just lean on the people close to you. Seek out help if you really need help. Um, do not be afraid to get therapy and find those things that, that make you tick, the things that that make you feel alive and, and pursue them. You know, because when you pursue what you love, you are helping make the world a better place because you know, joy is one of the greatest gifts you can give to anybody. So I know that's a lot. I know that was a heavy 10 and a half minutes. But um, like I said, I re-recorded this intro a bunch of times. And, um, you know, I, I just felt like it was necessary to share that with you guys because I'm right there with you. And um, 2022 is going to be a great year. So I hope that everybody gets to close out the year on a positive note. And speaking of mental health and positive notes, I could not be more excited, truthfully, to give you guys this week's episode. It's a great bunch of dudes. I got the whole fam damnly on. Shout out to Audrey over at Breakout PR. This week's guest is none other than In Shallows, a metalcore band out of Keene, New Hampshire. We've got Bobby, who plays guitar, Colin on the vocals, Cameron on the bass and also does vocals, and Nick on the drums. It was so great to speak with these guys to give you a little bit of background about them. This is the first band that they've all been in, and their debut EP, Beneath the Surface, came out on October 29th. And I'm going to tell y'all, you would not know listening to these guys that this is like their first band. It's crazy. Like, it, it came out incredible. If you love metalcore, if you love heavy metal, 
if you love just good music in general, man, like I, I am, I can't say enough how much I really enjoyed this EP from front to back. They recorded it at Hell Here Studios with Robbie Litchfield of Saving Vice. I had Tyler from Saving Vice on the show um, a few months back. So if you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. I know, shameless plug, but they're doing great things as well. But Robbie did a great job at this with this EP. Like it just front to back. It's not only does it have like bangers as far as musicality. These guys are great on their instruments. Colin has got an amazing voice, and so does Cameron. Um, but but just the lyrical content and the message behind the lyrics, the vulnerability behind the lyrics. These guys are big proponents uh, of of mental health as well. Like it just it all came together really beautifully, and I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity to speak with these guys on this podcast and learn more about their formation and their sound. And we had a great time talking to each other. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Bobby, Colin, Cameron, and Nick of In Shallows. Here it is. All right, dudes. Well, thanks again for joining me for the podcast, man. Like I said, uh, I really love the EP. I love what you guys are doing. And just to get this bad boy started, just go ahead and let people know your names and, and your role in the band. Hey, what's up? This is Colin, the lead vocalist. Hey, I'm Bobby. I play guitar. Hey, I'm Cameron. I'm the bassist and the clean vocals. Hey, I'm Nick, and I'm the drummer. Well, guys, like I said, before we got the ball officially rolling uh, and, and hit record, I, I I love this stuff. I love metal. I love metalcore music. And I guess just where I wanted to start with you guys, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kill Switch, um, you know, All That Remains, Shadows Fall, like all those bands are from the New England area. Um, for you guys, how did you get into heavy music? Like what what got you guys going down that end of the spectrum? Because there's obviously a lot of it in the water up where you're from. There's a lot of metal history, especially with metalcore. So uh, what got me into heavy metal music was my older brother. He actually introduced me to Alive or Just Breathing by Killswitch. And that was like literally one of the first things I started listening to. And I just kind of branched out from there and started going to metal concerts over at the Palladium and over in Worcester when I was like, I think my first one was when I was 16. My brother's friend brought me to see Children of Boda and Black Dahlia Murder, and it triggered me from there. Nice. That's a great record to start with. That's actually my favorite Kill Switch record. I, I, I know it's the first one, and it, I, it's not to be dismissive of all their other stuff, but Alive or Just Breathing, there's just something about that record. It's just, it's awesome. I actually got to see them on the, the 10th anniversary tour of that back in 2012, um, and they, they came there with Shadows Fall. And I think Akaro opened before that. I don't think they're around anymore, but they had a, a killer EP at the time too that I think Mike from Killswitch did the the artwork for. But that's a heck of a record to start with, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What got me into metal actually was Colin because the story he just told you about his brother introducing him. Well, Colin and I were friends in seventh grade. I met him in, yeah, I met him in seventh grade and he introduced me to all those bands. And we, he, went, he brought me to my first show when I was probably about 17 or so. It was the Devil Wears Prada and Under Oath at the Palladium in Worcester. And after I went there and watched those, those guys play, I was like, yep, I kind of want to do something like this, like be in a band and stuff. So 
Yeah. Yeah. What uh, what got me um, started listening to metal? My uh, my uncle's in a band, and uh, he plays down in Myrtle Beach. Um, they play like old style metal, and um, he got me started with uh, All That Remains, um, Bullet from a Valentine. Um, actually, my first concert was at Warp Tour. Well, I went to Warp Tour, and um, All That Remains was there. I think it was 2008, 2009. Sure. Um, so the first time, the first band that I saw play there was then. So, I mean, ever since then, I've been crazy about it. So, awesome. And you're going to kind of see a trend. Uh, so, Bobby actually really got me into metal a lot. We rode the bus together. So, uh, I said it's another podcast, but we had one ear, you know, in each, uh, you know, from the headphones, and we just, he showed me everything that I that I fell in love with from like Greeley Estates, all that remains to uh, even White Chapel. Like he showed me everything and I just fell in love with that. Yeah, there uh is it Caleb from from the Sentinel where you guys are from? I I I read the the write-up getting ready for this. He had a great article about you guys, and uh so I knew a few of you had grown up together, and I just wondered what that initial bug was that got you into heavy metal, especially metalcore, you know. Cause it's yeah. funny, like to this day, I still have people that are like, like you listen to that. Like you don't look like you listen to that. <laughs> and, and I've said that to a couple of people who've been on this podcast. I'm like, well, what do people who listen to metal look like? You know, there's a lot of different people that are into it. So that's cool to, to, to hear that um, you guys got into it at like a younger age. And, and also uh, something that I read in that article is this, this is all your guys like first band that, that you're in. Is this, is this band? Yeah, correct. <laughs> So what was the impetus, I guess, because uh, you guys started in late 2019, right? So not long before the pandemic. What was the ultimate impetus after, you know, you know, growing up together, going to school and whatnot to actually, you know, be in a band and, and you know, put out put out songs and, and get to the point where you guys are now? So Bobby and I, we uh, we always kind of talked about starting a band up and probably since seventh grade, we talked about it. So it was, you know, a long time coming. Twelve years later, we just uh, Bobby, Bobby had this recording studio at his house, and he's like, "Oh yeah, my mom touched up the room a little bit for my birthday, and it's now my studio. So I think we should get going on it if we're gonna do it." So that's uh, that's kind of what stemmed it all. Yeah, and not gonna lie though, like with COVID nineteen hitting, it really opened up some doors for us because we were able to uh, link up with Robbie Litchfield from Saving Vice with uh, Hell Here Studios, and he, he wasn't touring, because obviously no bands are touring during that time, so he, he just recently started Hell Here Studios, and I'm not sure, I think we were the first band to get in there, I think, is that correct, Colin? I think we yep. were the first band to go out there and record with them, and he loves us, you know, we love him, and just that whole, the way everything kind of worked out was just, it, it just meant to be, I feel like, you know, I don't know, it just worked out really well. So when did you guys uh, pick up your instruments? I mean, obviously you guys were listening to this stuff as a, as kids um, and, and then picking it up in like your mid late twenties, like you are now in a band. When did you guys all start playing and, and um, you know, singing, you know, in your case, Colin. Uh, so it started off when I first got my driver's license and had a little zone to scream in, I guess, or practice anyways. <laughs> and that was uh, my, my parents' minivan. <laughs> <laughs> How did they like so, the hardcore vocals? How did they take to it? Uh, you know, I 
my mom always knew that I dabbled with it, but I don't think, you know, I never showed them at like family gatherings or anything like that. Um, so they were kind of shocked when, uh, when the first music video Phantom Grace dropped. Um, my dad can't understand what I'm saying and he lets me know that proudly. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, so when you first started, cause I, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is to do those kind of vocals. Like, did you blow out your voice initially? Did you have to learn like how to, how to like train your vocal cords and stuff? Cause even guys like, like Jesse Leach is one of my, one of my favorites from KSC. Like I was saying earlier, like, and I know he's had issues with that early on in his career and kind of has had to learn how to, how to deal with his voice. I mean, what was that like? Just, just going for it initially. Did, did it take some time to get used to singing like that? Um, so, you know, it was pretty long ago. Um, but I can't ever remember blowing out my voice. I don't know. I think I just like did it right one day and it felt right. And then I just kind of kept going with it. And then I would start screaming to, uh, you know, Devil Wears Prada with Roots Above, asking Alexandria under oath. And that's, those were what kind of stemmed me. So, yeah. um, I did end up actually taking some vocal lessons with Melissa Cross over the pandemic too, just to make sure like we're going to take this thing seriously. I want to get the right technique dialed in. Um, so I took those before our second re- recording session with Robbie. Um, but I, I did, uh, I think I blew my voice out during Phantom Grace one time at the very end of it. And then it hurt for a few days after the second recording studio session, but I've, uh, with all the techniques together, I just uh, keep plugging along and make sure that I'm like conscious of them while I scream. I picked up the guitar around, I think I was around 16 years old. I mean, I wasn't, you know, it was pretty late in my, my time. And uh, yeah, like I learned everything off of YouTube and I mean, that's all I had, like, YouTube and self-taught, and that was about it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm i same boat. I mean, my uncle that was in the band, or he's still in a band um, in Myrtle Beach. He's the one that taught me at, like, four years old. And um, he'd always let me take his guitar, strum on it. You know, he'd send me tabs, send me home with tabs, and I'd learn on the guitar that he gave me. And uh, I'd play along with the tabs. Some of the tabs weren't working for me, so I'd start looking up the songs on, you know, YouTube. And then I'd start, you know, listening to it and then just playing after listening to it. Um, so it's, I don't know, like, it was easier to learn from listening instead of reading music. Yeah. I still can't read music. No. So, no, I mean, no. Um, and this is the first project that I've done bass in I've never done bass before oh wow it's like it's it's similar but in an aspect it's a lot different it's it's kind of trickier for me because it's new so um but it's fun I love it and uh I've never done the singing aspect while playing an instrument either so that's new as well so yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, Cameron. Was when when did you discover your voice, man? Um, that was that was pretty early too. I mean, I've I've never sang in front of anybody because nerves and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'd say like ten years old is when I started singing. Um, my dad would blare Metallica in the 
car on rides and I'd sing along with it. And then, you know, I started loving to sing hard rock or metal and I just keep doing it, keep doing it. And uh, I don't know how, but Bobby heard me one day and was like, dude, that's like really good. You should, uh, you know, try that. I'm like, okay, well, we'll try it. So, Nick, what about you, man? Uh, so I started drumming. A friend of mine picked up a drum set and he had it at his house, probably 12 or 13 years old. Uh, you know, he was taking lessons and stuff. And I just sat down and he gave me the sticks. I started playing and he's like, holy crap. I'm like, what? You, really <laughs> want to play? you know, so uh, I've been on and off since then. Like, you know, you could grow up, move to an apartment. You know, I couldn't have my drum set there. I had to sell it, bought another one, all that jazz. So I've been like on and off for the last 16, 18 years. So it hasn't been like serious, serious, you know, just jamming around, having fun, whatever. And then this last two years, it just, here we go. Like, this is what you've been, you know, like working towards. Like, so we really, uh, we really just went after it, man. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and that's, and that's what was so interesting about reading about you guys too. Cause when I listened to the EP, it sounds, it sounds like you guys have all been playing for years. So when I, when I, read that it was your first band that all of you had been in i was like what come on there's no way you know um what was the first song do you guys remember that you all learned and like um you know colin and cameron even for you guys like vocally do you guys remember the first like the first one you really tried to to take a stab at uh so mine was uh devil wears prada hey john what's your name again that was the first song that i like memorized all the lyrics to and all the highs and the lows and I was just like, that was my go-to whenever it was like metal karaoke or at a party screaming or something like that. Cameron, what about you, man? Uh, you said you were listening to well, Metallica with your dad. Were you like blaring out like wherever I may roam? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, it was, it was usually the garage album that you loved playing. So is anything off the garage album? Um, when I started like, you know, the metal chord, singing because that's a lot different um it was the first ep from memphis mayfire i went through that there's only like what five songs on there i, used, I just repeat it repeat it repeat mm -hmm. it repeat it and I, I always wanted to sing like that so that's what i would try to strive for is do that so they're good dudes man they're they're in the nashville area um and their their new stuff is insane i can't i can't wait to hear like the full the full thing oh, yeah. Yeah. Bobby, what about you on a uh, guitar, man? So the first riff that I want to learn from metalcore was that Adelaide dying through struggle riff. They're, uh, they're riffed during that song. It's like the intro riff and it's just like so catchy. And I was like, I need to learn that, you know, and, and it's pretty simple, but it's just like your average metalcore riff. And it's just, I think that was the first, that was the first metalcore riff I learned. That yeah. was either that one or um, yeah. the end of heartache is the one. That oh I yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Nick, what about you on drums, man? Like when you started getting really into it? Uh, so a lot of my music, uh, like from early ages, from my father. So it was more Deep Purple, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses, that stuff. So the very first song was actually Smoke on the Water. <laughs> nice. And I really did because my dad loved the song. I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, so I started playing at the house and he comes running downstairs. He's like, is that? I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> 
that's cool because I, I feel like for guitar players, that's usually one of the first, you know, the first ones you you learn because it's like you can get your fingers in the right spot, you know, da da da. Um so for for this EP, um beneath the surface, and again, just reading up even what, what Audrey wrote about you guys and, and listening to the lyrics, um, I related it to a, a lot because like I've I've dealt with anxiety issues my whole life. I've got some OCD tendencies that I work through. Um, and anybody who's got, you know, any type of mental health stuff that they go through can, can relate on different levels. You know what I mean? And, um, I related to the meaning behind the name of the EP, as far as just dealing with things kind of in private, you know, where I'm from in the Midwest, especially as a dude, you know, I've got kind of an old school dad, you know, so it's probably not too dissimilar from the Northeast where, you know, guys from our parents' generation, you know, as a man, you just, you know, boys don't cry. You just shove it down, you know, you deal with it. Um, so actually music for me was always a way, even though I never really played music was always a a way for me to get out those inner demons in a healthy way. Like my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old. Um, so, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands was like the height of like new metal, you know, so corn going into high school, like that untouchables record to this day is still one of my favorite corn albums. Um, Jonathan Davis has always worn his heart on his sleeve vocally um i really loved creed when i was when i was younger i remember hearing the song my own prison in the car with my mom like right after they got divorced and some of the lyrics in that song so you know can you guys talk to me a little bit about whatever you're comfortable sharing just in terms of the mental health elements um on this album you know from from a lyrical perspective and just sort of the theme of the name of uh beneath the surface yeah, uh, I'll start off on just kind of like lyrics and stuff like that. Um, you know, everybody does feel certain feelings, you know, growing up and you do bury them, like you said. Um, so in writing this album, you know, I wasn't trying to go for like just a generic feel. I was like trying to sing from the heart and just things that I've actually felt and like how I felt and probably the most brutal way that I could express it. Um, but then, uh, yeah. Bob, if you want to go on a little bit about the Beneath the Surface title. Yeah, so Beneath the Surface, like the uh, like the EP name, actually Nick came up with it. And it was, uh, we heard that and we're like, that's brilliant because it's like everything that we have like hidden inside of us, you know, and we kind of want to just bring it to the surface, you know. It's just like all these songs on this EP, all five of them, I think they're all very powerful. And they all just, they all tell their own story. And I'm very proud of them. And I got to say, Mike, I'm really stoked that, man, that you were able to kind of connect with that too and just relate to what we were putting out there. Like that hypes me up. And that's like the number one thing I wanted when we dropped the CP. So my man. Oh yeah, definitely, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean it. I listened to it probably like, I'm not even joking, like probably five times a day, even just getting ready for this. Um, and I appreciate you guys rescheduling too. Uh, uh, my grandma passed away. So I was home last week um, uh, on the day that I was supposed to talk to you guys. It was, was uh, you know, her, her service when she got buried and everything, but, but yeah, the, the mental health stuff, it's really important to me. You know, like I was telling you guys at the beginning, I think, um, you know, especially as men, I think it's starting to change now, the stigma around it. Um, people are starting to talk about things more and be more open. Um, you know, certainly the the lyricists uh, that I've listened to over the years, I mean, even a guy like James Hetfield, who's like a really like, 
you know, I think he's looked at as, you know, people call him Papa Het. He's kind of the godfather of a lot of the stuff, you know, that we listen to. But if you go back and listen to the kind of the, the darkness in their lyrics and what he explored, I think, you know, maybe gave a lot of confidence to all, all these bands that have come after. Uh, that's just one guy that comes to top of mind. So, so yeah, it's not just lip service. I really, I really connected with the themes on this. I, I mean, I, I came into the band late. I mean, Phantom was pretty much done. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> Colin's, Colin's been doing, you know, great with the lyrics. I mean, he's a lyric pumper outer, so yeah. pumping them <laughs> things out. And, uh, I try to, I try to help with, you know, basically the choruses, you know, it's like, get to throw my two cents in wherever I can and help out. Um, so like the chorus for Buried by Mistake, um, where it says, I feel the pain beneath the wave of hollow words. It's like people will tell you, you know, you're doing great and you're, you're doing awesome, whatever you're doing, they're telling you that. So it's like a, a hollow words part like um so it's like kind of writing that out is like i want to push through that you know what i mean make sure like yeah you know it's 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 fine to tell yourself you actually are doing good so yeah well cool thanks yeah i i want to make sure i got that and it 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 the the connection again man it's it, it got a little wonky there but i we i got most of it about um because that was that was a song lyrically buried by mistake where um like with open eyes i'm out of time um, as I face my fears alone and then kind of towards the end of it, it almost seemed a little bit, um, like a little bit more hopeful in some ways. Cause it was like, make my day and pull me from the grave. Um, I want to feel my heart beat again. So I, I, you know, that song, it's like, I feel like it kind of takes the listener on a journey because you, you feel kind of the pain in the beginning of it, but, but towards the end of it, at least for me listening to it, it kind of felt like more of like, okay, I want to like get out of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a story. Yeah. After, you know, it was all said and done. It felt like a story from like all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is the a light at the end of the <laughs> Yeah, the visuals and the video were pretty, pretty powerful too. The music video that you guys did for it. Uh conceptually, what was it like coming up with that? That one was uh it was kind of a struggle at first. We were originally gonna do a video for Life on Lease. Um we all feel like that's our second best or maybe our first best song, but you know, Halloween was right around the corner and we were going to release it in October. So we're like, it only makes sense to do buried by mistake and <laughs> come up with a creepy vibe with a creepy video. Um, so that process was pretty crazy and shout out to Ian Urquhart for sticking through us that whole day with it. Um, oh, yeah. We had our trials and stipulations, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, we ended up getting kicked out of the original church spot. The cops came. We were all dressed up in the robes and everything in this like creepy church tucked in the back of the woods. <laughs> and, uh, I had these like red contacts in my eyes too when the cops showed up and we were trying to like we were trying to ask them politely, oh, can we just get the shot real quick? And you know, they they booted us. But oh my gosh. <laughs> it makes it me laugh like just because of like the history of like uh like you know. Salem and all that stuff, and I could just I can oh, only yeah. imagine like all I these years it. later, like all these tweets. And... <laughs> like, who are these guys in this devil cult? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking as soon as I saw life. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna look bad right now. <laughs> so yeah. conceptually, how did you guys come up with uh, 
with that, just based on the lyrics and stuff like we're talking about, like, um, cause I got to imagine with the music videos, you know, especially with metal, right? Like, I, I think we know that the, the stock video and, and not that they're not cool, but you, you know, you think of like, Oh, some like dingy warehouse somewhere, you know, some cool action shots, you know, Nick, maybe splash a little water on the, on the, you know, the drum heads and get the cool, you know what I mean? But your guys's video wasn't kind of like the typical metal video, you know, it was, uh, it was, it had like a concept to it. Was that something you guys all talked about as, as far as that whole kind of burial thing went? Yeah, we knew of this, uh, this grave spot with a crypt. Um, it's actually near Bobby's house and it's only a few minutes away from where we filmed Phantom Grace, coincidentally. Um, but yeah, Bob, if you want to kind of go, go on a little bit about that. Yeah, we had like a, we all had like a pretty solid idea. Like when we said we want to do a video for Bad Mistake, we all like were on the same page of like what we wanted to do. And I'm not sure how it came about, but like, like the bird mask, like the doctors and all that stuff. Like we just thought that was such a cool look. And um, it just really, we wanted to make this song like, like it's a really dark song and like all our songs are pretty dark, but this one was just like, you know, like we need to like really emphasize like how we feel and like the chains and all that stuff. Like it's just like one of those things, like I'm not sure exactly how it came together, but we just all sat down and we all threw our own like two cents in and like that's what you get. Like it was it was pretty cool. It's hard to like we're not directors by any means, but like it's pretty much like everybody had a part in what they wanted in a video. Yeah. And somehow it all fit together. Yeah. Like Colin had an idea for the video. I had an idea. Nick had an idea. Bobby had an idea. And we're like, well, why don't we just why don't we just put that all into one and then we'll use, you know, the crypt for, you know, that part. And and then we all started rolling down the hill with ideas and we're like, well, this 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 is this is perfect. A lot of hours of planning, that's for sure. Like yeah. we, we were like we are not like script writers at all, but we just like, we wanted to be like almost like a storyline, you know, like we want, we want like the person to watch us and like, Oh, like that's like a movie, you know, and I yeah. think. Mini horror movie. Like, yeah. Like we yeah. wanted to like really just make it a really awesome visual to fit the song that, you know, we, we believe in this song and like, we love it. And honestly, like, I think I'm happy with how it came out, honestly. And yeah. you want to go next? Sorry. Yeah. I just think yeah. Yeah. We went for a, like a mini horror movie vibe for the Halloween thing. Like once we figured out, okay, we're going to do Buried, we're going to release it now. We kind of came together like, what's creepy? You know, like we don't want to go gory or anything, but it's like, what's creepy? So that's why we came up with like a movie concept as well as the performance uh, visuals. So for the crypt part, did you guys have to get permission from anybody for, for that aspect of it? Oh, no, that's like... It's a public space. Yeah, it's a public space way out in the middle of the woods. Like, you would never guess it's out there. Like, I just know that's out there because I grew up around, like, that area, so... <laughs> we had that guy drive by. Yeah, I mean... All masks and stuff, and some guy drove by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're pushing our luck that day. Always, always, <laughs> always yeah. masks on yeah, everybody yeah. wants to drive by. Yeah. yeah. So, Bobby, had you been I, in there before, like, growing up out there? Oh, yeah, like, I, I can't remember the first time I went down there. I think I was... A young kid, my dad dared me to go down there, and I was so scared. And I was like, "No way, no way!" But um, <laughs> there's really, there's nothing really that bad down there. There might be a couple animals. It's actually it's actually Colin's favorite spot. So 
No. <laughs> yeah. The first time Colin went down there, he's like, hell no. <laughs> you like yeah, it? I was I was down there trying to take pictures and I had one picture and then I looked back through my phone and I swear to God, I saw this like white mist like moving in front of the camera and I like take my face off of the camera and like look and it wasn't there and look back at the phone and it was still there and I was just like, I'm out of here and I don't want to ever come back in here. <laughs> I was like paranoid for the next couple of weeks that like if anything bad happened to me in my life, I was like, damn it, I should have gone into that crib. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yeah. that guy who does like uh, ghost hunters or whatever? Um Zach Bagans? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Get him to film your next uh your next music video, you guys. Um Yeah, right. Yeah. No, yeah, that's why I just would wonder if you if any of you guys had ever had ever been there before. Cause yeah, stuff like that. I definitely think there's history in walls. I don't know. You guys are probably gonna think I'm crazy, but I don't know. Just like there's buildings and stuff. You know, like I know people who don't believe in like paranormal stuff, but then I'm like, all right, go sleep at the Winchester mansion. And they're like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm like, well, if you don't believe in anything, go sleep there. I, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, I did. So did you guys, was every, everything turned out? Okay. You didn't feel any, like other than, other than what you mentioned, Colin, there, you didn't get any like really weird, like creepy vibes. Like, I don't know if we should be here, man. This feels we weird. Didn't, we didn't stay long enough for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, did that we did that part of the video very quick. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other one was uh, Phantom Grace was the one that came first, right? You guys released that in the summer? Yep, that was our first single, yeah. Yeah, so how did, how did you guys decide on that one being the first one? Because like, Colin, you mentioned uh, Life on Lease, which is actually, I mean, I, I love the whole thing, but I think that one's probably my favorite. Um, you know, like the line, um, it, it was an internal fight to um, to break within. Like, I, I guess I just kind of related to that, like with my anxiety and stuff. I feel like it's something that I've, I've always had, and I'm trying to deal with that on my own too and, 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 and work through things. But um, how did you guys decide on, uh, on Phantom Grace being, being the first one? So me and Bobby and Nick had kind of all uh, recorded that one. Um, that was our first song ever. And uh, yeah, we demoed it out and it was all good. And then kind of the pandemic hit. And we And then we talked to Robbie after one of Saving Vice shows and he, uh, he had let Bobby know that we were, he was opening up that studio. So we made the trip up there and we we're like, all right, we got our song. And what ended up happening, I was um, one night, I just like these, all these lyrics kind of came to me, man. I was in my I was in my feelings that night, but I just wrote them all out and I had sent Bobby the lyrics. And I'm like, man, I think this is our first one. This is what we're going to do. And Bobby, all of a sudden, it was like the light bulb went off in his head. He just wrote this sick ass guitar for it and, and the whole beat. So when you yeah. guys come up with songs, do, do the lyrics usually come first or does it just depend on, on the track? It depends on the track, really. Like with Phantom Grace, the lyrics came first. And then with like a, a lot of the other songs, like they, they were all kind of demoed on my computer. Like I had like, you know, like just rough drafts and everything like that. And then we just kind of sit around and kind of just feel the vibe of the song and what lyrics would kind of fit with that vibe. Like say like life on lease is more of like one of our, I guess, happier songs in a sense, but so they kind of use like the more poppier, happier lyrics, if you want to say that, but to that song and like, yeah, like the heavier ones, like uh, let's say faceless, like that's one of like one of our heavier tracks. And like that one's just like that one, like we put like all our like nasty lyrics into that, you know? So it's just, I'd say probably like music came first on most of them, but with Phantom Grace, the lyrics came first. So Okay. 
weird how it came out, but so you try to match like the the heavy riffs and stuff with like the heavier vocals and exactly yeah just trying to make everything kind of sound just like uniform you know what i'm saying like everything just sound nice and you know together together yeah it's phantom grace was recorded for like phantom grace is our first song ever like i don't know i think colin might have said that like that's why we chose to do that song as our first single because that one was recorded and mixed and mastered before all the other songs actually were okay we wrote, we wrote that we recorded that was it back in december right and then we didn't go back to the studio to do the rest of the songs until I think it was March. If I'm correct. Is that correct, Colin? March? Was it March? I think it was March. Yeah, it was spring. It was yeah, like, spring. Yeah, spring. So, little, so between Phantom Grace and then the rest of the songs, there's a big gap in between. So. Well, and what was it like working with uh, with Robbie from Saving Vice? Um, obviously, a, a talented player in his own right too. Um, you know there's a lot of atmosphere in saving vices music, which, which, um, which I like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's definitely a, like a vibe with what they do. And I feel like that with your guys' stuff too. Um, but, but at the same time, I like the way the EP turned out because it doesn't sound like overproduced, if that makes sense. You know, sometimes you hear stuff and it, you know, um, you know, you can tell like, it's like super streamlined. And, 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 and again, I get why bands go for that too. Cause you know, I'm sure you want something to sound perfect when you play it, but like your guys' record, it, it came out really clean, but I feel like it doesn't sound like there's too much in there. There's too many things that are added to it. I mean, what was it like? And then it was mixed with, uh, was it Randy Pascarella who yep. mixed it? So I, yeah, I really think between the two of those guys, man, like um, again, you guys sound like seasoned vets on this thing. And I'm not just saying that to like, you know, blow smoke because you were kind enough to do the show. Like it, it really, it really sounds like just smooth, like from, from front to back, just the way it came out. Um, was there like a sound that you guys were going for, like, like records that you guys had in mind where you're like, Hey, I, I like the way the drums sound in this, or I like the way the vocals sound in this album. You know, what, what was it like working with those guys in terms of actually putting it all together? So I don't know if there was uh, ever like a special sound that we were like, Oh, I want to sound exactly like that. But uh, I think we found our own sound through this whole process. Because uh, even when people ask me now, like, "Oh, what band do you sound like?" I don't have an answer. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, Randy and uh, Robbie—they're just the dynamic duo, man. They do it right, and I think that we just try to kind of keep it simple. And sometimes less is more, and it just really worked out for us. We had a game plan with the lyrics in mind and the demo tracks, and we just tried to make them sound as good as possible when we were in the studio. Yeah, we weren't trying to really overcomplicate the songs with like crazy riffs and anything like that. Like we just kind of kept things, you know, stripped down to like the basic and straightforward. And like honestly, like Robbie's like a huge inspiration to all of us. Like the way he works, he's a he works hard. Like he put his all into this and helping us. And he actually he pushed us to like be the best musicians we possibly could be. Like oh yeah, we, I learned I learned yeah. a crap ton from that dude. Yeah, like he <laughs> a lot. He, uh, he brought us to this point. He like elevated our music. Like we had decently good demos to start with. And then we went there with him and he's just like, he sat down with us and listened to every single one of them and like picked it apart and like told us what we could do better and what, you know, what was good already. And like, he just like really just pushed us to like heaps to the top. I feel like, like, like the demos that we brought to, to him, he treated them like they were his too. Yeah. Like he was that excited yeah. to work on them. Like we'd show him one and he'd be like, oh man, like I gotta, I gotta do this. Yep. And he'd build it, amp it up. And he yep. was, he was like proud of it too. Like he was happy, like, you know, yep. like kind of part of the band. Yeah. So, 
yeah he's like almost like another member so yeah yeah and that's great to hear yeah oh sorry go ahead bobby i didn't mean to step on you man well, i was gonna say like every take like you didn't like let like a take that goes by that'd be sloppy like it had to be like the best possible take like he made sure that we were like <laughs> on our game oh, yeah like there was no nothing letting anything slide to the cracks like there was yeah like <laughs> Oh yeah, thirty. Yeah, sometimes the guy Mr. Miyagi was was working. That day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel bad for the vocals because like Colin and Cam were like just like take after take. All we, we had so many water bottles like between the two <laughs> like, from Cam and Colin like they drank so much water in the studio just like we filled Robbie's recycling bin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so much water. But yeah, like it's just vocals are very like we push the vocals hard during this as well like like we do like full days of vocals sometimes you know what i'm saying we'll do the guitars like the day before or something like that then like just vocals all day the I next day a full saturday yeah so yeah i mean i've played a I, I skateboard i played all the sports in the book man but i don't think my body's ever got the beat beating this shit out of like it did at robbie's house <laughs> <laughs> What was it like for you guys all going to the studio? Like, I mean, obviously you guys have stuff where you can record on your own at home and stuff, but what was that experience like actually being in an environment like that? Uh, like you were saying, Cameron, with somebody who's like, he's treating the songs like they're his, he's excited about it. Um, you know, I mean, uh, just, just actually laying something to tape. What, it, was it, is it more pressure, less pressure, or do you just kind of get into that zone? I, I mean, I, it's, it's fun. I mean, when I, when I was first there, I'm, I probably everybody when they were first there, it was very nerve wracking. Um, I've, I've met the dude a couple times, you know, seen him at shows. And so it's like, it's very nerve wracking. Like I said, I've never sang in front of anybody. So, but as soon as I got there, talked to him a little bit, it felt like right at home. It was like a second home. Yeah. So it was like, I just started working on it and it was, it wasn't like it was business anymore. It was just, you know, fun. Yeah, Robbie's really good at making things fun. Like he'll joke around all day, and like he's not like strict. He's he's business, but he's not like strictly business. He'll make SpongeBob jokes and all these weird like <laughs> references, like just to make us laugh and like take the pressure off. Yeah, trying to do like that's that probably good, you know. It's like it's just like he he knows what he's doing up there, that's for sure. And like we're we'll definitely we'll be going back, you know, for sure. So. Nick, what about you, man? Especially you mentioned you like getting to the drums more the last couple of years, you know, uh, what was it like for you going in there for the first time and laying stuff down? I think Cam put it a good way, challenging. Uh, you just go in there, you know, not expecting, but like thinking one thing and then you're getting told to try this, do that, and you know, you're getting pushed. Mm -hmm. And he really pushes you to be the best that you can. And I think that challenge, it's, he's like a coach, you know, I think it's the best way of putting it. And like, there's, I've never had a coach as good as Robbie. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Like I said, man, I, and I, and I'm, again, I'm not just saying that, um, like sonically, I really feel like it turned out like awesome, you know? Um, and it's not that there's too many records that I've listened to over years where I didn't think they sounded great, you know, cause the, you know, you guys were mentioning and learning stuff by ear and stuff. Like I don't have like a musician's ear you know i had to look at tabs you know uh for for guitar and stuff like i couldn't just figure out where a lot of stuff was i mean i could hear like oh he's hammering on there he's pulling off that's a harmonic that's a pinch harmonic but like knowing where everything is on the guitar like i don't play enough or practice enough to know that so so when it comes to listening to records like i usually listen for the guitar first just because that's my favorite instrument but um 
but I mean it when I say that, like sonically, I think, I think that he, he and Randy really did a great job. I mean, it just, it sounds smooth and there's still a lot of atmosphere in it. Like even buried by mistake is the first track. It kind of has that slow build, like before you guys actually kind of kick into it, it has that sort of like eerie vibe in the beginning, you know, it's just a cool way to set the tone for the EP. How did you guys learn about, uh, about Randy? Through Robbie, Robbie. Yeah. It was through Robbie. Robbie. Robbie, uh, he gave us like a list of people we can go to mixing mastering and like I we listened to like a lot of Randy's mixes. We're a fan of his we're a lot of like we're fans of his work. So like it just felt right to go to Randy, honestly. So And now that you guys have these five tracks, I mean, is there um do you eventually want to like turn it into a full length? Or if you did a full length, would you want to, you know, have like like a full new set of, of songs. Cause I, I, I see a lot of bands now and I don't know if it's just as a result of the pandemic, but you know, we were talking about Memphis earlier, you know, they've kind of gone that route of like, you know, dropping the singles and then dropping a video with it and really putting everything into like those, those initial batch of songs instead of dropping like a whole record on people. Um, you know, with you guys being new to this, um, how, how are you thinking about that process as far as, um, I know the EP just dropped and I'm like, I don't want to be the token guy who's like, what's next? But um, have you guys thought about like, uh, as far as singles or full length? I mean, now that you've gotten the EP out there and people have had a chance to chew on it for for a little bit. I mean, it just came out the 29th. So it's been like a week, but the single, the first single was June. Right. Um, yeah, we're thinking about the full length, like starting, starting the writing process and like kind of like demoing stuff out. I mean, like we're gonna probably do all new songs. Like we're not gonna include these ones into like the full length. We're gonna do like you know ten new ones. Okay. Can. So yeah. Uh, I think the uh, focus right now though is just nail these things live together as a band. Get as much practice time as we can. That way we can play them live for the fans and really you know start to promote ourselves and let people know what we're all about with our stage yeah. presence and hopefully sell some merch, make some money back, and uh, that way we have some funding for the next yeah. <laughs> album. Yeah, the main goal is right now is getting these things show ready so we can play a show. So, You guys sold out of your first batch of merch, I read, right? That is correct. Yeah, we, uh, we dropped some uh, T-shirts and uh, windbreakers, and the homies ate them oh. right up. Uh, oh. That was awesome to see. Gone, gone, yeah. That had to feel good, man, especially being like a new band and getting this going, especially at a, a difficult time like the pandemic um, for you guys to hit the ground running like that and have that support. I mean, that what did that feel like just just having that where you're from in the Northeast to have the kind of the kind of backing that you guys have gotten so far? Oh, it's it's it's, uh, it's pretty humbling, man. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, like we have people listening to our music that don't even listen to metal. Like, I thought that was cool. Like some people are just like. Come up to us like you know we'll be out and around town people come up to us like yeah we listen to your band and it's just like that you guys are really good like these people like listen to like country music and like not they don't even listen to metal so like the fact that people that are like coming into us and like listening to like what we we've created that necessarily wouldn't even listen to metal like that right there just kind of like makes me like really happy so <laughs> yeah it's like it's still it's still it's still hitting us yeah like- you know, you get a few more comments on the song that came out, and you're like, wow, okay, well, it's like, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be good, but I didn't think it was this yeah. good, you know what I mean? Like, 
yeah, we kind of get desensitized to the whole thing. Um, you know, we've had, been sitting on these songs for a month on end, the video, a couple of months, and it's like finally really think it just motivates us all the more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, guys, I've really enjoyed this. Before uh, we wrap it up, I'll just ask you a couple more things, if it's cool. Um, I really appreciate the time. And again, I apologize for some of the audio issues with the, the connection, but I'll make sure to edit it out so it sounds it sounds clean. Cameron, I feel bad. I feel like every like like every second time you talk, man, something cuts out. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe you brought that back an orb that. from the crypt. I don't know, dude. That might be that might be what I was <laughs> thing has this thing, I guess I'm you know, yeah. shit on oh, man. Um <laughs> Well, just just to to talk again a little bit about the the lyrics a little bit, and so and again, you know, you guys can share as much or as little as you want, but like we've we've talked a little bit about the mental health stuff. Um, I think you guys did turn a negative into a positive with the pandemic in terms of doing this, uh, putting it together, knowing each other for the length of time that you guys have known each other. Uh, now that you've gone through this process, I mean. How how good does it feel to know that this is out there for even like people like me? Like I'm in, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, you know what I mean? And I heard your guys' stuff. And there's I'm sure when you guys look at the Spotify plays and you see like thousands of plays and stuff. I mean, what's it like to be able to take sort of that dark energy, put it on a record, have it come out the way that it did, and now you have people in different parts of the country and the world listening to your music? Is that kind of like a trippy thought? we got a we got a reaction video yeah like somebody yeah. reacted to us on it's YouTube. one of those things it's like me like why do people like me you know? <laughs> like, yeah. i'm nothing special it's just super cool to see how it's evolved yeah it's it's been very uh unreal like i said it's just out of this world type of feeling man like it's been really cool only word i ever have for it is surreal yeah surreal yeah that's a good yeah i mean yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah. speechless man we're, yeah, we're literally speechless it's like this thing like these songs are like our babies and like the fact that people can actually listen to them now on spotify and stuff is like i'm happy it's almost like it's almost like therapy. it makes it makes us like you know we were excited before these were dropped right you know, to drop them it makes us being excited you know worth it like mm-hmm. you know it is yeah. kind of crazy though it's like you know in writing some of these lyrics it's almost like you're opening up your diary in a little bit um, to me, it's almost like it feels like a weight kind of got off my shoulders. Uh, and I know you talked about that Keen Sentinel article that uh, Caleb wrote. And I was a little bit worried when I read it at first and almost slightly embarrassed. Like it made me seem like I had like depressive issues for like years and I was like struggling really bad. But, you know, I'm always an upbeat person, but these are just some of the, you know, inner demons that kind of held me back. And it's just awesome that, like I said, when you said you related to a man, that made my night already. So. Oh, I appreciate that, dude. Yeah, I mean, for me, and that was one thing that I wrote down uh, in, in, in one of the things that, that I want to talk about with you guys a little bit, um, and maybe that's kind of a, a positive note to end on, is just heavy music being a, a positive release of negative emotion. You know, for me, that's always what it's been. Like I said, it was there for me when when my parents got divorced when I was a kid, and uh, I knew they were going through a lot, and I didn't want to be that kid that that acted up just you know, cause my parents got divorced. So I, I was always really hard on myself and I always tried to do well in school. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, my mom and my dad are going through some stuff. So I don't want my grades to slip. And I didn't have anybody hovering over me to do my homework and stuff, but that heavy music was always something that I could turn to 
and just headbang and, you know, listen to Metallica, listen to Korn. Um, so with that, I mean, for you guys, this, this draw and this pull to heavy music and now making your own music, do you guys feel like that too, that, that this is like a, a positive outlet for those, those negative emotions and maybe a way you can communicate it through music that you wouldn't be able to do in other, other ways in your life, or you wouldn't feel comfortable doing in other, other areas of your life. Personally, man, I think uh, communicating it this way is like the most effective way, not only for me, but maybe, maybe the rest of the guys. Oh yeah. It's, it's very therapeutic. Like, yeah, you know, know, it's just to have these, have our feelings out on the line basically. And people, people relating to them like you and, um, it's just, yeah, it's pretty especially going to help when it's live too. Yeah. You know, seeing everybody out there, it. seeing everybody yeah. out there and then, you know, getting to jam on stage, getting everything out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Again, I'd rather, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Tom. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd rather spend my time making new music and uh, performing live than I would ever would want to like see a therapist, you know? Point <laughs> <laughs> <Right> there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess just to put a button on this bad boy, you guys, thanks again so much for the time. I, I really appreciate it. And and just to kind of end on that note, um, have there any been any discussions? I know we're still kind of in this this pandemic and unfortunately COVID's here to stay. We're going to have to learn, you know, to, to live with it because it's here now. Right. Um, and life goes on. But, uh, you know, just with the connection up there in the northeast with with the Saving Vice guys, um, they're obviously making a lot of noise. They just were on tour with Dropout Kings. Um House Divided is another band uh, that recently played a show with them. Um, and I'm not saying it to name drop, but I, I had them on the podcast. And I know they're in like the, the Virginia area. Like, uh, I feel like there's a lot of bands in your guys' wheelhouse, just even in, in that part of the country. I mean, have there been any discussions or anything that you guys can speak on as far as live music or shows or tour potentially? Well, I mean, I don't want you guys to unearth anything that, uh, you know, is, right, is going right. to be slated for, for an official release through, through Audrey. So I, and, and she's been cool and she's great to work with. So I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to put it, I want to want you guys to feel like you got to put anything out there that's going to get a, a, a more proper, uh, uh, introduction, but I just, um, I guess just yay or nay. Are there, are there any plans for any live shows? No plans of this year. Okay. So this next year, just think, you know, mm-hmm. 2022, maybe there'll be a show. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> we can promise, man. When it does happen, we're going to fucking hit it hard. Yeah. <laughs> you have my word on it. Yeah. yeah. That's so. great to hear. Well, Bobby, Colin, Cameron, Nick, I, I really appreciate the time you guys genuinely. Uh, I apologize for some reason the internet connection went out a few times, but I'll make it sound clean. Absolutely. But yeah, I truly, I, I really love what you guys are doing, man. I mean that genuinely. Uh, you guys really do sound like seasoned vets um, beneath the surface. It came out really well. Um, I think every one of those songs is good. And the flow of the record was really good too, from start to finish. So um, I just, I have a lot of respect for what you guys are doing and, and I can tell that you're making authentic music that speaks to you. And I think when you put out stuff that speaks to you, it, it connects with other people and the proof is already in the pudding with, uh, the streams you guys are getting the merch you're selling. So, um, I really appreciate the time you guys, but, uh, I'll put up the links in the podcast description, but, uh, for people who aren't familiar, let them know where they can find you. Awesome, man. Thank you, Mike. 
and I just want a little side note, man, my deepest condolences to your grandmother. I've been through that before, and it definitely, it's not easy to have happen. And, you know, you coming in and doing this interview with us, and man, it means the world. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome, dude. Absolutely. It was, it was good to be there for, for my family, and I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to reschedule, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Well, I, I was going to answer your question about, uh, like, where they can find us. Yeah. Um, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, um, all the streaming platforms. Um, if you want to go to our we Instagram. Have a Beacons account. What's that? The Beacons account. Oh, we, have a, we have a Beacons account. So if you go on there, <clears throat> click the link. Um, you'll see all our stuff, all our social medias. And, um, yeah. Well, guys, thanks again for taking an hour of your time. I know it's 8.30 up there, so I'll let you go. Um, but let's definitely keep in touch. Um, I, Like I said, I really appreciate this. Uh, I love doing these things, and uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff in store for you guys, man. I think I think you're you're just at the, the tip of the iceberg as far as uh, your guys' potential and what you can do, and I mean that from the heart. I love this music, and I've been listening to it a long time, and, and you guys got, got a cool chemistry with, with what you're putting out there. So keep doing your thing. Keep keep making the stuff that you love to make, man. Cause I, I really enjoyed it for what it's worth. So appreciate the time fellas. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Man. Have a great rest of the night. Great weekend. And uh, I'll be looking for that new show in, uh, in 2022. All right, fellas. Have a good night. You too, right, thank you. Nice Thanks. There you have it. That was my conversation with the dudes of In Shallows. Once again, give it up for Bobby, Colin, Cameron, and Nick. I love those dudes. I love their EP. Make sure you go check it out. Beneath the Surface, available where you get your music. You can follow those guys on Instagram at in underscore shallows. Their website is inshallows.com. I will be sure to include the links in the podcast description for this episode. And again, man, this isn't just lip service. This isn't me, you know, just pumping them up because they did the podcast. I'm telling you guys, man, I really think you're going to be hearing a lot more from these guys. They're talented. They're humble. Their 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 lyrics are are very inspirational. There's a lot of raw emotion in there, and it's just harnessed beautifully. Their visuals with their music videos that they've put out so far have come out great. They're just a great bunch of dudes, and uh, I think it's so cool that. You know, they sold out their first round of merch uh, and that there's people supporting them where they're from in New Hampshire and in the Northeast in general. And uh, it's cool to see the streams continue to go up on their EP. Shout out again to Robbie Litchfield of Saving Vice and uh, Randy Pascarella who mixed it. Um, it. It came out awesomely. And I really, like I said, I think you're going to be hearing a lot more from these dudes. So if you love metalcore, if you love headbanging, you know, if you love lyrics that come from the heart and that mean something, and, you know, and again, if you're somebody who, who is all about the PMA and mental health, uh, this is all right up your alley. So I encourage you guys to go check these guys out, go support these dudes because they're doing great things. And, uh, uh, I'm just I'm really grateful that I got a chance to get them on the podcast. Shout out again to Audrey over at Breakout PR. You're always cool, Audrey. You're always communicative, and I and I can't wait to continue to get more artists that you represent on this show because you got a lot of heat on that roster right now. But uh, you know, most importantly, they're good dudes, man. So thank you again to all the dudes in In Shallows. It won't be the last time you're on this show, 
and uh, I really appreciate all of the the support that you guys are giving me as well, man. It's uh, it's mutual. The respect is mutual, and um, I'm I'm really grateful for the time. And uh, yeah, man, I don't want to rant too much in the close because I I know the intro was heavy, so I'm going to try to keep the 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 close here tight. But again, man, just just know that uh, I appreciate and love each and every one of you who listens to this show. It's very humbling to see people checking it out. It's been humbling to see the growth, and I am really, really excited for 2022. There's some some great stuff that I'm going to kick off the year with, and I just think it's going to be a real strong start to to the new year. So everybody who's joined me on this ride, just know how much I appreciate you and, and just how, how much it really means to me, man. It's all love on my end. And again, I really hope that uh, everybody gets to close out the year on a high note and that 2022 will be the best year of your life. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. Check out the link tree in the podcast description. You can go there and you can see past music feature stories that I've written, past episodes, learn a little bit more about me, where you can connect with me, where you can find me. And if you would be so kind, tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. I hate begging for likes and subs and all that stuff, but the reality is if you go to Apple and you leave a review and a rating for the podcast, it helps the show rank higher, which ultimately gets these conversations out to more people so we can help share these stories of perseverance and moving forward and create more and more positive ripple effects and get music from awesome dudes like In Shallows out there to more and more people and get their story out to more and more people. So that is what I'm asking of all of you, if you would be so kind to do that. And uh, and again, man, just just uh, you know, stay on the PMA. Find the things that make you tick. Write down goals for 2022. And don't be afraid to chase your dreams. Do not be afraid to dream big. I'm here to tell you it's worth it. Pursue what makes you feel alive and be good to people, man. So I'm going to wrap it up by saying what I always say on every single show. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of the dudes in In Shallows, here is their track, Life on Lease. Peace. Peace.